Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside Dilu, and uh, we welcome you back into the fold. We've uh, enjoyed doing these uh, Big 12 preview podcasts, and now we turn our attention to Oklahoma State. And uh, Marshall Scott was able to join us. Uh, he writes for PistolsFiringBlog.com. Uh, very good blog to, to get your teeth uh, sunk into anything Oklahoma State is concerned uh, with that. Uh, good football, good basketball, good recruiting. Uh, they do it all over there at uh, Pistols Firing. And uh, he was kind enough to join us uh, to get his thoughts on what Oklahoma State uh, will bring to the table here in 2019 uh, as far as football is concerned. Take a listen. All right. Uh, next stop on our tour through the Big 12 is uh, with Marshall Scott. Uh, he covers Oklahoma State uh, for pistols firing, uh, as also as uh, voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Mike Hunsinger says pistol firing touchdown Oklahoma State. Uh, one of the one of the better calls, if you ask me, uh, Dilu here in the Big 12 uh, for a touchdown call. Uh, Marshall, thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. Uh, how are things going on your end? Uh, they're going great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, here, about a month away from the season, uh, crazy that uh, the off season's, you know, the the end is in sight uh, as we are about ready to get uh, started to get back to football. Um, Oklahoma State was an interesting team last year. Uh, started off uh, pretty strong, uh, going three and zero, having a nice. Uh, decisive victory at home against Boise State, and uh, then they kind of hit the skids uh, once conference play got got going, but yet still upset Texas on the road, um, or at, at home, excuse me, and uh, was a two-point conversion away from really shaking up the Big 12 in the college football landscape, uh, going on the road to Oklahoma in a game that uh, was right there for the taking. Uh, kind of as we look back, I want to first start looking back to last season here, if, if we can. Uh, an in, kind of an uncharacteristically inconsistent year for Oklahoma State. Uh, in your in your mind's eye, what uh, what might be the reason for that? Uh, yeah, there's the old saying, you know, you play to the level of your competition, and that's really what OSU seemed to do last year. I don't know if that's you know nobody can prove that that's true or not, but you know they like you said they went against Texas, they went against West Virginia. They were really close to pulling out a victory in Norman, won the Boise State game, and then just with the the middle-of-the-pack teams in the Big 12, they just really struggled last year. So I, it, inconsistency is a good word to put it. I'm not sure if maybe it was a leadership issue. I'm not sure. You know, you couldn't get your guys uh, up for those those uh, smaller games. You can get them up for the big ones. But, but yeah, it's just they, the classic play to the level of competition is what it seemed like. <clears throat> Well, and uh, one of the main storylines coming into this season is uh, obviously the quarterback race between uh, Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders trying to determine who's uh, who's going to be the signal caller for the Cowboys this year. And uh, this situation isn't completely unfamiliar to Oklahoma State fans because just a few years ago they saw a similar issue with uh, Clint Shelf and J.W. Walsh where they actually ended up splitting some time do you uh do you see any possibility between a uh two quarterback system in Stillwater this season um that's that's kind of where I'm leaning right now nobody really knows uh fall camp kicks off tomorrow I'll be at the first practice for a little bit but yeah it's uh I I would see it being a two quarterback system I think the fan base uh right now would rather uh, the young guy start Spencer Sanders a highly touted recruit all Texas everything coming out of high school but 
But, uh, you know, if Drew Brown makes a, makes a competition of it and that's how it is, you know, you got to, you got to play the better guy, you know, you got to give your senior class a chance to win. I think you owe them that. So, so yeah, it looks like a quarterback competition. Gundy said in the past that, uh, you know, he's not uh, shying away from playing two quarterbacks if that's what it comes to. And that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. I think, I think that, uh, both, uh, Sanders and Brown will see some playing time, especially early. And, uh, staying on the offensive side of the ball, uh, real quick, uh, Mike Gundy was quoted uh, talking about last season is uh, one of the reasons for it being below the standards that Mike Gundy has uh, um, kind of set there in Stillwater is that uh, he didn't think that the team had a hard-nosed mentality. And I, I bring up that point because Oklahoma State actually hired uh, – K-State's offensive line coach, Charlie Dickey, uh, who's perceived as being kind of a hard-nosed type of coach. And I'm wondering if you think that that will translate to any sort of change in philosophy. I mean, obviously, I don't expect uh, Oklahoma State to completely shift from that uh, Gundy uh, style of offense where you see a lot of lateral passes and and is not typically described as hard-nosed. Uh, running, but do you see any sort of shift in Oklahoma State's offensive philosophy? Uh, yeah, just talking with the offensive linemen, you know, their their big thing is like getting nastier this year. They want to stay disciplined, but you know, just get nastier. Uh, particularly Johnny Wilson, who is a Charlie Dickey guy through and through. It's really cool that they uh, are going to spend this year together. Uh, Johnny's a redshirt senior, but but yeah, he's I think that center uh, is that right? Yeah, he's the center. But yeah, I think that in the offensive line, you'll definitely see it shift with Dickie coming in. Uh, something I talked with Dickie about Monday, we had a media golf outing, was uh, that, you know, this is a time that Dickie's got to kind of adjust to the offensive state, the Oklahoma State style. You know, you're running and gunning, and that's not something he's particularly used to, but he said, you know, it's a welcome change that he's, you know, excited to be a part of such an explosive offense. So, you know, there's some give and some take with it, but uh, I think, I think you know, Josh Henson leaving for Texas A&M, he's former offensive line coach, you know, that that was kind of a shock to everybody, but it really found like Gundy really seems like Gundy found, you know, the perfect fit that could have came in. Yeah, staying on the offensive side of the ball, uh, of course, the quarterback issues are or I shouldn't say necessarily issues, but the quarterback situation, I guess, at this time is the best way to call it, uh, will will really probably be the focal point of uh, dictating what Oklahoma State success will be this season. However, should they figure out uh, who their signal caller will be, they got plenty of weapons on offense. Uh, Dylan Stoner, uh, experienced wide receiver coming back. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, one of the uh, more underrated uh, running backs uh, in the country, definitely in the Big 12. And then, of course, uh, Tylen Wallace, uh, who I thought probably should have won the Bolitnikoff last year. Plenty of weapons on that offense. Uh, I guess... Out of those three kind of headliners, so to speak, at the offensive skill position, is there anyone else kind of in those skill positions that that you look at that might emerge? Uh, Oklahoma State's receiving core is just kind of stacked throughout. There's a a JUCO transfer, came in a few years ago, um, Patrick McCoffman. He's a six-foot-six guy. He's big-bodied, athletic. He played quarterback in high school. Um, he, he's a guy that, you know, there, you start to hear murmurs about, he was supposed to contribute last season, but he tore his ACL in fall camp. Um, obviously Tylen Wallace, uh, Braden Johnson might be another name to watch out for. 
Uh, Chuba Hubbard's like got Olympic sprinter speed, and some people say that Braden Johnson's the fastest on the team. So those guys, a young guy that the uh, fan base is really behind, is CJ Moore. He's an in-state kid, a uh, four-star recruit coming out. Had to redshirt last year because he was pretty underweight, but at six-five, he's he's a big target, and he uh, made a lot of plays in the spring game. So you could look at Oklahoma State's you know depth chart at receiver, and any of those guys could you wouldn't be surprised at popping off in any game. Uh, switching sides to the football now to the defensive side, uh, you know, not a great year for Oklahoma State. I'm actually reading here uh, one of their worst seasons uh, in terms of uh, the defensive side of the ball uh, under Mike Gundy. They returned five starters on a defense last year, of course. And, you know, when you say you return five starters on a defense that wasn't particularly good last year, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the defense wasn't very good. Uh, what, what do you kind of see, what's your prognosis for that side of the ball? Yeah. So last year it was really the defensive front kind of carrying the load. Uh, OSU played a lot of really young, uh, like true freshman safeties. Um, Jim Knowles came in last year. He has a four, two, five system. So that calls for a lot of safeties and they were, there was, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez who played as a sophomore and then the rest of those safeties, they were true freshmen, but shifting now they, uh, lose Jordan Burrellford to the NFL draft and, uh, it's the defensive front that's kind of the worry, the question, maybe is a better term for it. But cornerback uh, A.J. Green should have an incredible year. He's all Big 12 coming into it. But up front is really where the big question marks kind of lie. Uh, Israel Antwine's a guy who's coming in. He's got a lot of hype. He transferred in from Colorado. And then Mike Scott's essentially the only returner who had a lot of playing time last year up front. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the big question mark is the defensive line. Linebackers look good. Depths may be a bit of a concern, but but yeah, that's kind of like a wait and see approach. There's there's optimism, but uh, there's definitely room. There's no no proven guys really up front. That's the that's the big worry. Yeah, and that if Oklahoma State is uh, to challenge, uh, you know, for a top half finish or I guess a top third finish in the Big Twelve, defense will certainly have to improve. You know, really, the way I look at this conference is you have Oklahoma and Texas who kind of separate themselves from the other eight teams in the conference. And then you have teams that are more in a in a rebuilding, either with, uh, you know, the four that I have in mind are KU, K-State, West Virginia, and TCU, or not TCU, excuse me, uh, but Texas Tech that are all breaking in new coaches. Uh, kind of curious you know, most most folks are having Oklahoma State anywhere from that, uh, you know, four to six range. Uh, but I think that that three to six range between Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State is really kind of wide open. Uh, if Oklahoma State is is really to challenge for a top third um, finish here in the Big 12, what has to go right for them this year? Well, I think the quarterback – uh, things got to get figured out, you know, sooner rather than later. Those three, there are three non-con games uh, this year against Oregon State, who wasn't very good last year. McNeese State is an FCS opponent in Tulsa. So those are, those are, you know, times where you need to get uh, experience for the quarterbacks. And if it's going to be a two quarterback system, you got to figure it out uh, in that because their first uh, conference game is against Texas. So, you know, that's, that's a rude awakening to start. And then, you know, you have to, unlike last year, you know, play above the level of your competition, play to their level. Um, those games against K-State, that's going to be a big one. Uh, they lost to Texas Tech last year and kind of got blown out by against Texas Tech last year who, you know, fired their coach. So that's that's another one that you probably have to win. 
Then you got Baylor. You probably got to win that if you want to be, you know, considered among the elite in the Big 12 like you were in years past. Yeah, I think that that pretty well sums it up. Uh, so, Marshall, uh, before we let you go here, we're going to do a little uh, thing we call three and out here. I'm going to ask you three questions uh, before we wrap up and just kind of give me what uh, what your uh, your initial thoughts on these are. All right. Um, who starts more games at uh, at quarterback this year, uh, Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown? Uh, I'm going to take Spencer Sanders. I think I kind of I'm sorry if this is supposed to be quick or not, but I think Drew Brown might get the oh, nod no, early. But, but OK, but I think uh, towards the end. I think Spencer Sanders will kind of, you know, start taking over. That's just a hunch. That's not based on anything. But I think Spencer Sanders will towards the end. Okay, that we'll 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 write that one down to to look back on uh, later in the season. Uh, believe it or not, and I had to double check this, but this is Mike Gundy's fifteenth year at the helm at Oklahoma State. Uh, by far the longest tenured coach here in the Big Twelve. Um, there's always been some flirtation with them, uh, whether if it's him and the athletic director, uh, you know, not getting along at, the, at times or, you know, just kind of wanting to see what else is out there. How many more years do you think Mike Gundy has uh, at the helm of Oklahoma State? Uh, I think he's talked about, you know, retirement and stuff. I don't think that he's ever going to take another job. You know, this is alma mater. He grew up in the state. Um, you know, the, the thought around is that, you know, he flirts with those to get get his pay raised and uh right now he's got some you know rolling contract i don't even you know know the full ins and outs of it but but i think if he whenever he does leave i think it's going to be retirement and he's you know he's talked like he's not going to coach for you know like the snyder levels of coaching where he's going to going to go on for a while so i'll give him like eight more years eight more years okay well that would be be 23 years at the helm of oklahoma state that'd have to be one of the longer ones and in the nation for, I mean, if, if he's going that long, for sure. Um, final question for you, Marshall. Uh, thank you for uh, taking some time to speak with us. We're speaking with Marshall Scott of uh, Pistols Firing. And uh, Oklahoma State's win total is set at seven and a half. If you were a betting man, which uh, which side of that action would you uh, find yourself on? I, I think I'm going to take the over because seven last year was, you know, a dismal season for the fan base, for everybody. I think. Uh, I think even with a two-quarterback system, they can find their way to eight this year. They obviously should have found their way to at least eight uh, last year with you know some of those stinkers of games. So I'll, I'll take the over on that. Okay. Well, we'll write that down. Uh, Marshall Scott of uh, Pistols Firing Blog. You can find uh, his work along with uh, all the other talented writers at uh, the Pistols Firing uh, as they do a great job of uh, covering Oklahoma State uh, football, basketball, you name it. Uh, they do a great job covering it. Uh, Marshall, thank you again for taking some time uh, to speak with us today, and uh, we'll keep in touch throughout the season. All right. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. That was Marshall Scott of Pistols Firing Blog. Uh, PistolsFiringBlog.com is where you can find his work again. Uh, let us know on Twitter at TSSO underscore podcast uh, what you think of Oklahoma State, uh, if you think it might be a nice year for them. Uh, of course, K-State opens up the conference schedule uh, on the road, uh, as they do many times, um, against Oklahoma State. Uh, September 28th is is the date on that one. Let us know if you think that might be a game that uh, K-State can go on the road and steal one from the Cowboys and, and make it three in a row against them. Uh, so that'll wrap it up here for the Oklahoma State preview. Uh, next up on the podcast tour, uh, on the short side option podcast tour, will be uh, the Baylor Bears. 
so keep it tuned uh, to the Short Side Option Podcast uh, for all your Big 12 previewing needs. Talk to you soon.